and welcome to On the Horizon. This podcast is an extension of Horizon Church, a relationally driven, socially conscious, Jesus-centered church located in the heart of Towson. We are recording today and always from Dean Studios. Thank you, Bryce. My name is Beth McDonald. I'm your host, and today we're going to be talking about prayer and specifically Horizon's prayer team with Mark Stevenson, one of the pastors at Horizon, Luke Zip and Heather Cotter, who are prayer team members. And full disclosure, I am on the prayer team as well, so I may jump in and talk a little bit more than I usually do. Hey guys, welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you um, just introduce yourselves, tell us how long you've been at Horizon and on prayer team, and just just to briefly let everyone know who you are. Yeah, I'm Mark Stevenson, one of the pastors. Uh, there's two of us that are full-time on staff at Horizon, and I helped plant the church back in 2004, uh, and I'm married and have three kids, and um, yeah, and helped launch the, the prayer team back in uh, 2015. And I'm Luke Zip. I've been going to Horizon for 11 years now. It's hard to believe. I'm uh, on leadership at Horizon. I help lead a small group, a link group, we call it at Horizon. And I've been involved with the prayer team since the beginning, since the first training in 2015. And my name is Heather Cotter, and I've been going to Horizon Church for about, I think it's been 10 years. Is that right? It sounds way too long, but I think it's been 10 years. <laughs> sounds right. And um, I've been on the prayer team since the second training. I can't remember when that was, but... I guess that was fall of 2016. Yeah. I'm glad Mark and Luke are here, because they remember years. I I, I I, I don't remember years. (laughs) I came to Horizon when Missy was pregnant with Nate. Is that right? So how old is Nate? He's nine and a half. Yeah. So probably 10 years because she was pregnant with him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Mark, why don't you tell us kind of when and why prayer team started at Horizon? Yeah, so in, in 2014, um, I had completed 10 years of pastoral ministry and w- was about to go on sabbatical. The church gave me a little six-week sabbatical for rest. And the, a woman in our church after a service came up and, and gave me this word from the Lord, which at that time we didn't do. Uh, we didn't do <laughs> prophetic words. We didn't do words from the Lord. We didn't uh, we didn't do sort of healing prayer the way we do it now. We didn't do uh, deliverance prayer. Um, we were we were just a pretty standard non-denominational church um, that focused a lot on community and relationships and things like that. But she gave me this word, and it was a total disruption to my life. And so mm-hmm. God started this process in 2014 that introduced me to this other side of the kingdom of God that we might call um, the supernatural or the miraculous. And he started in 2014 teaching me about, you know, these things of the kingdom like healing prayer and miracles and prophecy and and these different things like that. So I read a lot in 2014 and the Lord was just what I call, I was going through like a renewal of the mind uh, where the Lord was changing my view i grew up southern baptist i grew up think you know thinking that a lot a lot of the stuff in the bible was really cool and that it really happened then but it didn't really happen now Mm -hmm. except for maybe occasionally you'd hear a story on the mission field like 
some crazy missionary, you know, ran into something and, and <laughs> we were all amazed by that story. Right. But right. it doesn't really happen here. That was there. That was Not there. Here. Um, but they the Lord, needed it. We don't need it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Those people. Yeah. Um, but but then the Lord started showing me how real it was here. And, and in one particular case, prayed for a, a, um, a person in our church. I, I won't get into the details, but basically prayed for a person in our church. And she saw this miraculous level of healing. Mm. Uh, and then the Lord basically said, okay, this is to show you that this is real but you're not going to see this for a while. Mm. And so then he took me through this process of, of learning and growing. And part of that process was I read this book called Signs, Wonders, and a Baptist Preacher mm. by a guy named Chad Norris. And he had a similar experience where he grew up Baptist, and then all of a sudden the Lord disrupted his life, just like my life was being disrupted. And right. uh, I, I knew this guy. That's the funny thing is I read really? the book. Yeah, and then I realized, wait a second. I worked summer camp with his brother and right. I actually met, I've met this guy before. And so I, I, I like stalked him, found him on <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> sent him a message. And he said, yeah, we're doing a conference this summer. This was coming up the summer of 2015, uh, is, is where I was at this point. It's called, um, naturally supernatural conference. And so we, we're learning how to be supernatural, operate in supernatural things, but do it in a natural way. I was like, that, sign me up. North Carolina, right? Yeah, it was in South Carolina. South Carolina. Greenville, okay. South Carolina. And Missy had some friends that lived right by that church. It's actually called Gateway Church. And um, so, yeah, me and Missy went down, and uh, Kara Cousineau actually went with us, and we right. went to this conference. And it was there that I saw that they had this prayer team. And they, they had trained this whole group of people to be ready to pray for people after a service. And as soon as I saw that, it was like something inside me. It was like the Lord was saying, this is what Horizon needs. This is the next step for Horizon. Right. If you're going to engage in the supernatural, you need, a, um, you need a way to do it. You need, and you need to not just do it by yourself. You need a team of people doing it. And you need uh, kind of a mechanism uh, through which to do it. And when I saw how they did their prayer team and just how natural it was, how loving it was, right. I thought this isn't, you know, sometimes when we talk about the supernatural, we start to think of crazy charismatic stories and it gets us uncomfortable. And, right. you know, we think of Pentecost, like the worst possible. Snake, right. snake handlers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw them, I was like, oh, like this, we could do this. Like this feels like Horizon. Like this yeah. is loving. It's compassionate. It's not, it's not crazy. It's not over the top. But it is, it does lean into the supernatural. It does believe that God can come in power right then through an ordinary person right. praying for another ordinary right. person. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, we, we could do this. Well, and it's funny just because I heard about your renewal of the mind like secondhand, I think, through Ryan. And it was like clearly to me like the Lord had met you because to know you is like, you know, you were like our logical, reasoned pastor, you know, not over-emotional, not leaning too far um, into emotions. It had to be very logical. So it was very clear to me that on your sabbatical, something crazy happened, and it was exciting then to find out and just witness it in person for sure. I agree. And I'm, I'm wondering if you got, because I've, at the time, it felt like the Lord was moving in a lot of different people at Absolutely. the same time. Yeah. Because I know I had gone through kind of a disruption and 
renewal and i know and that other was in 2014 did. as well yes right? the fall of 2014 yeah, so that was like a time he was so, doing stuff so it yeah. felt like the lord was preparing people to minister in a little bit different way did you guys feel that too what did that look like for you yeah um and it was actually 2014 because it was when um, my youngest was like nine months old i think it was around then mm. maybe a little no a little bit maybe it was like a little younger but um, it was in 2014 um a friend was like do a word of the year or when i was like right. la lame <laughs> that sounds <laughs> real lame <laughs> that that's word. my word <laughs> yeah <laughs> two words hard pass um but then, uh, i never experienced this before but i felt like i heard the word listen mm -hmm. and i thought it had to do with prayer and um i didn't really know what that meant because i never listened <laughs> when i prayed um and then I was like, okay, well, it just hit me so strong. So I tried that. I was rocking my little guy um, to bed, and I just decided I would listen. And um, I, one of the first things I, like, I think it was the first thing I heard, actually, was I want you to um, be comfortable praying in front of other people. And I was like, ah! <laughs> hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. I'm not even sure I'm comfortable praying out loud in front of myself. I do. I, I sure wasn't. Um, and then I heard, um, and I want you to learn how to do healing prayer and deliverance prayer. And I did not even know what deliverance prayer was. Wow. And so I wrote an email to, I didn't know what to do, so I wrote an email to um, our pastors, Mark and to Ryan, and I told them about it. And Mark said, well, there's this um, prayer team training that I didn't even know that was happening and um so then i did that they're like just you know you don't have to be on the prayer team if you don't if it, you know but just you know why don't you come check it out crazy yeah and for me uh definitely the lord was like reawakening stuff that i had experienced as a child growing up especially mm -hmm. when i was like 16 17 i was involved in a very charismatic church and that was like a beautiful time in my spiritual journey it was when i first started to feel like, wow, like the Lord actually notices me and wants to use me in a specific way. Uh, but that had kind of like grown fallow. You know, I leaned into more of like a very just, I guess, evangelical uh, bend of Christianity in college and, and really had let that be a part of my life that was in my past, except when I was like really desperate and really needed the Lord, you know, then I would kind of lean into my charismatic roots. But um, it was something I didn't really talk about much. I wasn't very, um, re you know, relational with the Lord in that way until 2014. He was kind of just opening up that area of my heart and area of my spirit. But really, I remember January 1st, 2015, I watched a documentary um, on guys kind of operating in that way who were praying uh, in the miraculous um, just you know kind of out in public in a very like natural way relating with people and it was funny because mark actually showed us the same documentary which one was it it was uh holy ghost by darren wilson right yeah uh, but it was guys that i had known when i and they're about my age okay and i had known them back in the day and i, I saw them kind of you know living this life of just trusting the Lord and, and the Lord trusting them and, and just feeling this way of like, gosh, what am I doing with my life? You know, like he created me for something a lot more. And, and so I prayed like a very, you know, the prayer that you see in cheesy, like 
Christian movies of like, Lord, <laughs> you know, if I, you know, Those I, I kind of want, yes, exactly. <laughs> like I want to, um, you know, I just want you to use me in a way that right. is bigger, you know, in that way. And, you know, whatever that takes, um, you know, I'm open to it. And it was cool because I think that month, January 2015, uh, we were doing a sermon series at Horizon on prayer. And I remember a specific sermon that Mark did about like just constant prayer, like a lifestyle of prayer, of like interacting with the Lord in a prayerful way wherever you go. And I remember just, you know, walking my dog and feeling the Lord's presence in mm -hmm. like a cool way. Um, yeah. And, and like where prayer used to be something that was like, you know, I did as a discipline, you know, came with a list and you know, <laughs> did my prayer homework for the day. Um, it became like a lot of like just relating with the Lord, spending time with him, feeling his presence in a way that I didn't imagine, you know, when I was 16 and 17, you know, something that was very real and awakening for me. So I was very excited then when in 2015, we all kind of got together right. our separate experiences and had this community that um, shared this together. It's really encouraging to me to hear all of and I don't think I knew all of that. I knew some of what God was doing, but because when you're when you're when you're in it, when the Lord is doing this new thing in you, you, you feel like you're the only one right. and you feel yeah. a little bit crazy. Sure. I yeah, mean, I, I had sure. conversations with God where I was like, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind, sure. <laughs> you know, and then and one day he actually I felt like his response was, and you are. <laughs> and Which is a good thing. You're gaining the mind of Christ. Right. And, right. and so it was this like, oh. I, so I really am like I, I was I was having to let go of so much and you feel isolated you feel mm -hmm. alone mm -hmm. right. um, and you don't know this till later but right. you don't know that the Lord is planting these seeds and starting this whole thing behind the scenes you know quite apart from you like right. he's doing it individually personally right. in each person's life um, which I didn't I didn't find that out till later and even now, even today, finding it out even more. Quick fact check that I just did to myself. It wasn't 2014. It was the beginning of 2015. Yeah. Just had to say that. <laughs> well, yeah. But even, awesome. so, so the Lord was preparing all of that so that when you did send that email. Yeah. Right? And even the, right. I remember that sermon series in yeah. the beginning. And the reason we did it on prayer was because of this journey he had been taking me this on. Awesome. And that's why we did the sermon series on prayer is... Um, where he started with me was not praying for people. We're like hands-on, live, in-person praying for people. Right. Where he started with me was this intercessory prayer. Mm -hmm. And so he challenged mm -hmm. me to, to increase that, that time behind the scenes when you're praying for people. And, um, and so then that like gave birth to this sermon series in, in January awesome. of 2015 that was all about prayer. So it's just all these pieces he was weaving together behind the scenes, and we didn't really know it, yeah. you know? Right, That's right. So cool. It was very exciting. Yeah. So when, how did the actual prayer team start? When mm -hmm. did you walk us through what that looked like? Well, after I got back from that conference, um, I started praying, okay, God, but I am ill-equipped. Like, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I've read 50 books, but that's about it. Like, I spent, <laughs> you know, the last year and a half, or last year at that point, just reading, right. reading, reading, reading. And he kind of just asked me to trust him and gather together people that would be sort of most open to the movement of the Holy Spirit. So I started recognizing some of the people. So that very first prayer team was just kind of a hand-picked gathering of people that I thought, okay, these people might be open to the, to right. the Holy Spirit. 
Um, <laughs> little did I know, a lot of the people did come out of those people that were in that first group did come out of a charismatic background and had a terrible experience in the right. charismatic church. Right. So it was sort of right. this double-edged sword of, of people that had good and really bad experiences right. in that environment. And so, um, and, and really it was like, okay, God, week one is coming up what are we going to do? <laughs> and I would pray and I would think through. And, I, you know, I knew some of the people that I've been reading taught the five-step prayer model, which was birthed out of John Wimber and the Vineyard Movement. And so I thought, okay, we're definitely going to use that as a structure. And we kind of used that five-step prayer model as a structure. But then there was all kinds of other things, like how do you listen to the Holy Spirit when you're praying, which I think is the number one thing that was different for me. Right. Uh, the biggest difference. Can you just quickly say what the five step? Yeah. The, the five steps in that model. Yeah. So the first one is the interview. So when a person comes back for prayer, you're just basically ask. It's funny that your word was listen, because that's that's totally what this kind of prayer is all about. Mm. So you listen to the person compassionately, like hearing what mm. why they came back for prayer. It's a big risk to come back for prayer. Mm. So listen to them. But at the same time, you're listening to the Holy Spirit as you're interviewing them and trying to find out. You're trying to hear from the Lord like, okay God, what direction do you want me to take while I pray for this person? Uh, step two is the uh, diagnosis, which is kind of a, <laughs> it's a very medical term, but <laughs> basically you're trying to figure out what the issue is. Step three is prayer selection, which is you're trying to match up how you pray with whatever issue it is. Step four is the actual prayer ministry. And the prayer ministry, the first thing we do is invite the Holy Spirit to come. So there's this acknowledgement that I can do absolutely nothing for this person on my own. So the very first thing we do is invite the Holy Spirit to come and do what he does best and minister to the person. Right. And we just become conduits of, of his love and grace. Um, and then and we pray for him. And then, you know, we check in with them to see if God's doing anything, if there's any, you know, movement in terms of the pain or whatever they're facing or we we try to recognize and learn signs of the holy spirit moving and there's some particular like things that you can look for and then the last step is the sort of post prayer ministry which is really the follow-up of like hey um we think this is healed but go check with your doctor <laughs> to make sure you right. know like don't go off your medication just yet like go yeah. go confirm it right uh, or sometimes it's counseling like hey this is a really a deeper issue that the prayer team is not designed to handle let's let's find you a counselor that you can go to and and, right. and follow up on that so those are the five steps and the key right. thing is to be loving in every single step yeah um, but especially then that follow-up is making people feel valued when they come back and that you aren't just kind of rushing them at, out the door and this wasn't a major life-changing event that just happened for them yeah, I was in preparation for this uh, podcast. I was going back over some of my note, the mm -hmm. early notes. I mean, it's been years. Like I've yeah. forgotten a lot. <laughs> it's, it's it's been a long time. Quick, but, but long. yeah. But one thing I wrote down was that when you're praying for someone in this way, you really hit all five love languages. Mm. Right. Um, sure. The only one that we can't do is gift giving, and that gift comes from the Lord. So mm. if it's, if it's that He He heals. He restores. He's mm. giving them that gift. Right. So the gift giving is the only one we don't touch. But all the other ones we do, we're spending quality time with them. Right. We're we're saying words of affirmation, encouraging them. Physical touch, we we almost always lay hands on. Just kind of our biblical model. Right. If they want it. 
if they're okay with yeah, if yeah. they're okay with it, and we're we're sensitive to that. But um, can you describe uh, laying on hands? Because before when I heard that phrase, it weirded me out. <laughs> 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 so Jesus was Jesus was always. If you read through the Gospels, you see him touching people he prays for all the time, or right. they touch him, which is maybe a little bit weird for our Western mindset. But there was always this like, there was always this care and closeness, even with lepers that he shouldn't touch, he touched. Um, and so we try to model that, and basically it's like we'll put our hand on their shoulder, right? Uh, and we're and we actually we ask permission first. So mm -hmm. if someone has had uh, some kind of uh, situation of abuse or violation that they don't want anyone touching them we're sensitive to that and we don't touch them but most people are open to at least yeah. a hand on the shoulder and we usually have if it's a, a female for prayer we make sure at least one of the people praying for her is a yes another mm -hmm. woman and with men we make sure we have men so there's mm -hmm. I think I think to that the West safety net there too. yeah well the Western mindset can separate all this out spirit and body as if they're completely it's a very those of you who know theology, it's a very Gnostic idea that somehow the spirit has nothing to do with the body right. and the body has nothing to do with the spirit. But actually what, what we're finding is that's not true. God designed us as a whole being. And so our spirit, soul, and body all matter. And mm -hmm. so th we actually not just sort of spiritually become a conduit, but physically become a conduit of his power and his grace and his love. So we actually notice a substantial difference in actually touching the person, which you would think that just sounds strange but like the reality is god never designed us to be so separate that right. like our body has nothing to do with our spirit no like right. our body soul and spirit are all infused together and so physical touch matters when we pray for someone absolutely and yeah. heather to your point i don't think you know, I've never seen in the history of Horizon Prayer Team somebody hit somebody on the forehead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anything like right. your mindset of like right. laying right. on of hands could have been. Right. I was just thinking, <laughs> just before I experienced it, like yes. now it's it's natural to me, but just the, the phrase. Laying on of hands. Yeah, yes. like yeah. if someone said, you want right. to go back to the prayer, we're going to lay sure. hands on you. I'd be like, what? And that, yeah, we should probably find a better phrase. I mean, that phrase yeah. comes from scripture, but, sure. but yeah. it can be taken out of context yeah. so easily. Right, right. One thing um, I liked about the training was we actually would pray for each other and practice. Yeah. But it was real prayer. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys experience that? Was that new for you? Well, it, it wasn't new for me, but the cool thing was for me, like Mark said, you know, he really didn't know what was going to happen each prayer team training, especially our first time around. So it really felt like the Lord was kind of like, doing a new thing and then a newer thing and then a newer thing. So it felt like, you know, prayer 101, 201, just designed by him and what he chose to do. But for me, um, you know, part of my story early on with the prayer team training, so this would have been like 101 or 201, like a cool emotional, you know, inner healing happened for me um, mm -hmm. where, you know, just as part of like the training, we went around and shared our own personal stories with prayer ministry and with the Holy Spirit. And really something kind of intimately woven into my story is back in a year out of college when I was doing a year of volunteer staff ministry with InterVarsity, one of the students um, that I was ministering to committed suicide. And that was just like, you know, such a heaviness that I carried. And I remember, you know, through this type of ministry, like kind of the heaviness lifted is, is what I shared in the moment, but I also shared it was weird because right at that same time, there were three people in my life that I was ministering to that were all struggling with suicide. Mm -hmm. And the Lord like kept on um, 
you know, I kept on going to him, but really the enemy was like using that as like an open wound in my life of like telling me, like bringing you back to that place of like this 22 year old, just in over his head, right out of college, um, minister, you know, telling me like, you're going to screw up again. Like you're going to, you were feeling that during I was the feeling, tra- beginning of training. Well, yeah, right at the same time as the beginning of training, I was right. feeling like those same wounds being opened of mm. like, you know, I'm going to screw up again. You know, I'm going to, you know, this is going to happen again. This real dark heaviness was on me. And so I just shared that as part of my story kind of, but I guess Mark picked up on something from the Holy spirit that I just needed prayer and ministry. So he and Kara prayed for me. Um, after, like we always kind of culminated at the end of training with one or two people getting prayed for. Right. And I remember just feeling the Lord's presence so strongly then that I knew that something happened, but it was only in like the aftermath of analyzing like, gosh, when I, when I face that again, when somebody comes to me with like their deep emotional issues and kind of thoughts of suicide, like it isn't, there isn't like this pit, this heaviness in my being there isn't like this nauseous feeling in my stomach of like Mm. oh my gosh it's gonna happen again Mm. it's like yeah i just feel equipped i feel strong in that moment um and completely healed which is awesome so that's my prayer training testimony i think heather had like a yeah so you had kind of an inner healing and what that's that's maybe a new term to people but inner healing is kind of that emotional healing of wounds in your heart or your past memories that kind of thing Heather, you had more of an actual physical yeah. healing, right? Yeah. Um, when we were learning about physical healing prayer, Mark said, um, does anybody have something we could pray for? And everyone's like looking around like, not it. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I'm not your <laughs> guinea pig. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know if this counts. Um, I don't really feel at this moment, but um, I have this like really terrible pain in my hips uh, when I walk and I've had it from like middle school and I've gotten a chiropractor like my whole life, whatever. And um, so Mark's like, all right, let's pray for it. And I was like, all right. So um, yeah, they prayed for me and it was like this feeling like I'd never felt before. Um, I have it written in my journal because it was so strange. I should have brought that with me. But it was basically like um, this like tingling and warmth. And um, uh, I I felt kind of drunk. Like all of a sudden I felt kind of like woozy. And um, the pain um, when I like, he's like, you know, go on a walk and try it. And uh, like later that week and I did and I didn't have any pain. Um, And even in that prayer time and that training, I had like, 10 to 15 minutes after they even prayed for me where I was just sitting there just feeling like like I don't know the right word woozy or kind of like Mm -hmm. sure yeah like (laughs) it was such a different feeling that I ever had and then um but my hips were still crooked and um it was after that that Mark encouraged me to go back for more prayer for like to actually have them be more straight um which happened and it was crazy and I couldn't I was like this is crazy yeah (laughs) Yeah. and your mom saw it and my mom yeah tell um, that part about your mom sure so my mom always does this thing like you know since I was little where she'd be talking to me and she'd be like your hips are just so crooked I'm like mom listen to me (laughs) (laughs) quit looking at my hips and then um when I saw that they were straighter uh after that prayer time I was like, okay, not confirmed until mom (laughs) sees this. And so when I went to her house that next week, I was like, mom, look at my hips. Just like, look, what do they look like? She's like, and she looks at them and she's like, what did you do? (laughs) She's like, they look, they do look straighter. They look straighter. Um, So I was like, 
what? <laughs> it crazy. actually is true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it was really cool. That's really neat. I love that. So one one part of that story that that's really cool to me is on the drive to that prayer team training. So this was the second prayer team training, and this okay. was in the fall of 2016. Um, the topic for that night actually wasn't physical healing because um, we cover, you know, different topics. So one night, one training might be on physical healing. The next might be on inner healing. And then the next one might be on uh, deliverance, which is you're dealing with sort of demonic darkness on people and casting that off of them. This night was supposed to be about, I think the topic was something else. Hmm. Um, and because I remember having this conversation with God at the light of Lock Raven Boulevard <laughs> and Joppa Road, <laughs> I was turning right when me and God are having this conversation. And I feel like just very quickly and very softly, the Holy Spirit says, you need to pray for healing, physical healing tonight. And I remember going, but that's not tonight. (laughs) That's not the topic topic tonight. And it was like, no, you need to pray for physical healing tonight. And so it was just that kind of still small voice. And um, so that night, even though that wasn't the main topic, for whatever reason, the Lord wanted that to happen that night. That's so Um, cool. So, yeah, it it was it was it was a good lesson for me to learn, too, that like whatever's on your schedule, whatever you think is, you know, (laughs) whatever you've planned out, you need to be willing to surrender that and let the Lord lead as he leads. And when you do surrender apart from your own plans, like he he can show up in powerful ways. So and some of the things I think uh, for the listeners, Heather, some of the things you experience um, are maybe not common for people they don't they, they haven't experienced that before but those are pretty common in terms of when the power of god shows up right. to heal someone or to deliver someone um there are some standard things i mean standard sounds like the wrong <laughs> word but like <laughs> there are some normal ways let me put it that way that that the holy spirit affects our body right when he yeah. comes in power and so people can feel heat, they can feel tingling, they can feel woozy. There's there's a number of things. Yeah, I felt like a, I remember too, I felt like a buzzing feeling, like an electrical buzzing kind of like. Yeah, it can feel like electricity. It can feel like nothing at all sometimes too. Right. The second time when I actually strained, I didn't feel anything and I didn't actually know anything happened in the moment until yeah. I went home later and then was like, I'm just going to check. Right. <laughs> I think um, before the prayer team training, I had dealt with some anxiety, kind of out of the blue, never expecting. But it manifested itself in my body. So mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, nausea and shaking and heart palpitations and all these things that I went to every doctor I could think of because I didn't know it was anxiety. I'd never dealt with it before. My body was kind of telling me something before I was cognizant of what was causing it. And so when we went through prayer training and went to some conferences and I felt some of these manifestations from the Holy Spirit, it made sense to me in a strange Mm. way because Mm. my body was reacting again to uh, an emotional healing, an emotional presence of God. Why wouldn't it react? Our bodies react all the time to different events and emotions and people. When you're falling in love, you get, you can have physical kind of manifestations of falling in love. It just, I know sometimes people get weirded out by it and they want to separate, as you were talking about, the Gnosticism, body and mind. But our body and mind work together all the time and our bodies react often before we're even aware of it. So sometimes the presence of the Lord will come and people feel 
shaking or a nervousness or heat or electricity or a buzzing or a wooziness. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me now that I've realized how much your body mm-hmm. is intertwined with your emotions and your mind and your spirit. Yeah, that's cool. And I think a lot of people have had what, you know, that word manifestation is kind of a big, right. scary, charismatic word. <laughs> it really just means when the Holy Spirit becomes, when his, his presence and power becomes tangible. Right. And I think most people have, ex- they, they may not know what to call it. Right. You know, I think a lot of people have like started weeping. Right. In a worship service. Right. Or in a moment. And they thought, well, I'm just being emotional. But they didn't maybe quite understand. And it's possible they were being emotional. But the other possibility is the presence of the Lord. You know, that's that was the very first manifestation. If we're, you know, if we're going to use that word, the, the right. very first way the Holy Spirit showed up in a tangible way during this process in 2014 for me was weeping. Uh, you know, it wasn't the tingling of the heat or any of that. Sure. I was in Starbucks reading a book, and the Lord was using that book to totally rock the way I thought about the kingdom of God. And then out of the blue, it wasn't like, you know how like when you're watching like a, a movie that like causes you to get teary-eyed, like right. there's this, I don't know if this is like this for you, but for me, since I'm not like a super emotional guy <laughs> anyway, there was like a build-up, there's like a ramp-up, right. you know, to the emotions. That's not how this was. I would. I was just reading in Starbucks. Starbucks is not your like most like <laughs> emotionally moving place, you know. I mean, we all like coffee, but uh, I'm reading in Starbucks, and like out of the blue, zero to sixty, mm. like instant, I would just start weeping uncontrollably, mm. and I, that's when I thought, like, am I losing my mind? Here? <laughs> yeah. But but that was the very first way the Lord kind of showed up to me in a right. tangible way mm. was through weeping, right. you know. Um, and I imagine it's happened to a lot of people. They just didn't yes. know exactly what to call it. Yeah. So maybe this would be a good time to kind of walk through for someone if they were going to come back to the prayer room. Uh, we have it the first and third Sunday of the month after church. What What is that like for somebody? What What is the process when they come back? Well, so the first part of the process is they will be greeted by a host. And I, I often... Um, am one of the hosts because I, I don't know I just like that moment of like validating people that that is a big step to come back walk down sure. the hall, hallway make a hard right into the Lutheran sanctuary <laughs> and so um, they will be greeted and just you know kind of a quick question of first of all are you coming back for prayer and oftentimes people come back in pairs so just kind of figuring out who's coming back for prayer in the group are you coming back together and then that, that person will then be assigned by the host to um, a person, usually people, a pair. And usually it's a man-woman pair to pray for them. Um, and so then they will be introduced by the host to the prayer minister or ministers who will then um, go through that process that Mark described, which is the five-step prayer model. And it's all done lovingly. And, and we try not to be in a hurry, although lately there have been a lot of people coming back for prayer. So there's that balance of like being sensitive to the people who are waiting for prayer, but also not being in a hurry for what the Lord's doing and also to love the people sure. who are coming back for sure. I think it's also important to to note that it's private. Yes. Um, I would definitely want to know that, you know, because um, a lot of things are very sensitive that people are um, having us pray for. And so when they're put with um, two people to pray with them, 
we kind of like find a, a quiet spot yes. in one of the pews in that sanctuary and and pray quietly. And we have music playing to yeah. kind of mask right. the sound. Yeah. Right. The music playing is for the atmosphere to bring, you know, welcome the Holy Spirit in through the music, but also to mask so we can't hear each other. Yeah. And there's not yelling and it's not loud prayer. Right. Which yes. I like. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But but the cool like Heather said, it's it's usually people are coming back because it's a major moment in their life. And that's right. the thing that's very like just I don't know, validating to me is that, you know, we're interacting with people who are in a turning point. So, you know, oftentimes we're the first people to know, you know, we know before their family sometimes that yeah. You know, somebody's pregnant or somebody's thinking about leaving their job and you know it's it's v- major moments that they want to bring into the lord's presence and so we really take that seriously the privacy of that also sometimes very cool is when they don't quite know why they're there but they felt the lord like pulling on their heart to go Absolutely. and to like walk through that, that with them week. like finding out what that is is really cool too heather what would that look like um i've only had it a couple times sure but um they just they they're like they just sit down in the pew with you and they're like I don't totally know why I'm here and um, you just you try to ask a couple questions just to see if there's anything like that comes to mind for them and then sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't you start praying but something does come to mind um, sometimes for me or um, and it usually resonates with them if it comes from me from like if the Lord shares something with me and I say you know. I'm getting this. I'm hearing this. And then if that resonates, you know, usually that will like resonate with them. Right. Yeah. So that was something new for me in the prayer training is listening and hearing. Me too. Asking yeah. the Lord for something for that person. Yeah. Maybe, Mark, you want to talk about what that looks like? Yeah. I think that was the thing that struck me um, in this journey that started back in 2014 when I was reading. The thing that kept um, hitting me in the forehead over and over again was how much they listened, mm-hmm. uh, not just to the person, but to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, the cry of my heart was like, man, I can't hear, like, I, I don't know what God's saying. I don't know what he's saying to this person. I don't know if he is leading me in a direction that like, I, I, I have no idea how in the world do you listen to the Holy Spirit? How do you, you know, that was a huge journey for me in growing. It's like learning a language like, Oh, a, the Holy Spirit speaks. B, I can hear him. C, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> how do I do that? You know? Right. So, but I think I think all of us have probably experienced um, the most powerful moments are the ones where the Lord lets you in on something. Yeah. He highlights something. He mm-hmm. says something. And it's, it's exactly the words or the phrases that either the Lord has already been speaking to the person and it just confirms it. Mm-hmm. Or it's something they absolutely needed to hear, and it didn't come from me. And like I didn't know to say it, um, or it was a w- direction in prayer that the person didn't even come in for. Right. You know, they they came in for this one thing, and we ended up praying for that initially. But then the Lord highlighted something else, yeah. and it totally breaks open this 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 either inner healing or possibly physical healing. Um, well, and two things um, that I want to add to that. One is I was just having a conversation with somebody and I realized like when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, kind of operating, uh, you know, hanging out at churches that operated in this way, it just seemed so unapproachable, the concept of hearing from God. And I think people who did minister in this way, 
I don't know if it was insecurity or I just didn't know them well enough, but I, I always got the impression that they were, you know, some kind of super Christian. They were at some kind of level mm -hmm. or just like anointed from birth to operate in <laughs> right. this way. And I could never, ever relate to what they were experiencing or could never, ever, you know, get a taste of, you know, what it means to hear from the Lord. And so I think, you know, this type of training has really helped in the community that formed in our prayer team. I mean, it was, you know, I wasn't that tight with you and Steve, right. Beth, before the prayer team training, but, you know, and even you, Mark, you know, we didn't really overlap as much as I did with Ryan, but, you know, just the community that happens in that and then understanding, you know, and sharing like failures. And I thought I heard from the Lord, but I didn't, or this is mm -hmm. what it felt like, or, mm -hmm. you know, I just went with it. And then the Lord kind of, you know, filled in more words as I started speaking, really demystified that process and made it seem very approachable and available. But also like too, growing up, you know, I was so like afraid of, you know, to hear everything the Lord had to say about me, you know, you would mm, like, right. I don't know, you, you were afraid, like, he would say something like that would, you know, be a very disappointing father or like bring shame on you or guilt. And to understand, like, in this process, like, it's always loving, like, it's always like, even when somebody is like, living a life that, you know, isn't the Lord's plan for them, it's always like, a reminder of who they are of like this is how I see you from the Lord this is like what I created you to be it's always hopeful like pointing to a hopeful future mm -hmm. so I think if people are like intimidated like oh my gosh like I don't want the Lord to <laughs> say all his thoughts about me so I'm not going to go back for prayer like understand like I get that but that is not what the Lord's voice sounds like mm -hmm. yeah yeah no I his voice is very loving I remember yes. being at a meeting in the I'm dating myself in the 80s, but there was uh, an evangelist that came through that would have kind of words of knowledge. He would know things about it. He would say, you have something with your hip. Stand up and pray for that person. And I was always terrified through the entire meeting, mainly that he was going to call out some sin, like you were snarky to Steve this morning kind of thing. And Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Why are you up in the choir? Get out of there. Yeah. But now, this time through, what I'm realizing is the Father's voice is full of love, mm -hmm. and it's it's not scary. Yeah, He wants the best for us. Absolutely. He sees us so differently than we see ourselves. Absolutely. And wants us to see ourselves as children beloved by the Father. Absolutely. Thank you guys, that is the end of part one. We're actually gonna split this into two parts because we have so much to share about prayer. If you'd like more information about Horizon Church and the prayer team, check out our website at horizontowson.com. We're a community where you will be loved and have opportunities to be loved. Thank you for joining us and please come back and listen for part two.